Hello, this is Angela Schaefers, the host of Your Story Matters radio show. Today we are interviewing Kelly Carius, who is a counselor, consultant, and author of No Such Thing as a Bully, Shred the Label, Save a Child. Hi, Kelly. Welcome to the show. Hello, Angela. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited for you to share with our listeners about your story and how it all evolved into doing the work that you do which is very vast. You do a lot of consulting with individuals and corporations. You're a counselor, a mediator, so many awesome things. And I'm just very excited that you're going to be able to share some of those things and your website so people can contact you further with our listeners today. But before we talk about all that, can you share with the listeners some of your past stories, some of what helped you to learn from your past, your experiences, and to really find your purpose, which you're living out now, and how to get through some of the challenges to get to where you are today. Absolutely. And, and I've, had, uh, I've had several challenges and several tests, and, and um, really, you know, they're the things that bring us to where we, where we are and where we want to be. Absolutely. I, uh, yes. I was married very young, um, probably too young, and uh, so at about 19 I was married, and had my first child at 20. Uh, I had my second child at 21 and was divorced by the end of that year. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, now I was uh, divorced. I had my grade 12 um, and a year of post-secondary. Uh, I had been working with, uh, with people with disabilities, which, is a, which was a wonderful, um, wonderful job, but not something that I, you know, that I wanted to do for the rest of my, of my life. I wanted to expand on that. Mm-hmm. And... So when I was uh, when I was 21 with these two babies on my hip, one was 21 months and and one was just uh, just a month old, I decided to go back to school. Mm-hmm. And I you know I really want people to know that even when things look really impossible, there's often ways to figure out you know how to get around those mm-hmm. things. And so I, I finished my my four year degree in about four and a half years. I did a year of child protection and hated it so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't feel that I was, I didn't feel that I was really helping anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just sort of going in and, and mucking about, and I, and I wasn't seeing, um, you know, results that said, hey, this is really helping families to heal. So I decided very quickly it was time to move into something else. Mm-hmm. Before and, you uh, go on with that, I want to go back a little bit to sure. being being a young mom and some of the circumstances or challenges from your childhood, if you will, that led up to that. Because I know that sometimes people feel like, okay, I made a mistake, I, I went down the wrong path, I did something that changed my life forever. But also there's obviously a way to turn that around and it doesn't mean that you know we need to always feel guilty and ashamed of ourselves. So can you talk to the listeners a little bit about that part of your life and how you overcame some of whatever you might have been feeling at that point yeah. because you were so young. I, you know, I, I so agree that that, uh, that guilt and shame does not help anything, mm-hmm. does not move anyone forward. Yeah, and it's really something that needs to be, to be gotten past. When I, when I was in grade 12, my, um, my parents, of course, thinking that they were giving me an advantage, um, sent me to, allowed me to go to drama school in Saskatoon. Mm-hmm. So I'm from little, little Melville, where there's about 5,000 people, and go to Saskatoon in, in grade 12, and I have my, my own apartment, 
which no 17-year-old should probably have. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, was attending grade 12 classes and, and attending drama classes and drinking, drinking mm-hmm. like crazy. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even actually get my grade 12 at mm-hmm. the end of that. Mm-hmm. And, and from there, I went the next year and waitressed in a stripper bar, mm. <laughs> which is a whole, you know, a whole uh, another interesting experience. And, and really, those two years, um, boy, at the end of those two, two years, I, I was either going to pull it together or I was going to let everything completely fall apart mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, because mm-hmm. it was definitely a, a rocky time and a, a very risk-taking kind of time mm-hmm. um, and, and something that you know certainly at the end of I could have just said you know what I, I've ruined it all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've ruined my chances that's it mm-hmm. and, and, um, and at the end of those of, of those two years I ended up moving back with my parents for a time mm-hmm. and, they, and they helped me to enroll in this year of, of post-secondary um, for working with people with disabilities Mm-hmm. And and that that supports that understanding that you know you don't you don't have to have made all of the right decisions mm-hmm. to decide how you're going to move forward mm-hmm. and all of those bad bad decisions I say in quotation marks finger quotations that you can't see <laughs> those <laughs> bad decisions really really have helped me understand where a lot of um, where a lot of younger people are coming from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and have really helped me to, to give them hope, mm-hmm. you know, about their own path and, and that, that those decisions they've made don't have to be, they don't have to be detrimental to your whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that, Kelly, and I really appreciate you sharing that and your, you know, willingness to be open on the show about that because I think that that is what people need to hear, especially young adults and even teenagers that, you know, we've all made mistakes along the way. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is that I think if we learn from them, we can go on from them. If we yeah. don't learn from them, we continue to stay in the same habits and behaviors. That's another story. But right. there's always a way to turn it around to me. And I think you've experienced that too. And I do agree also that learning that other people are not perfect, that we've all made mistakes of some form or another helps us to actually have compassion and empathy for those around us that we might look at and say, wow, they, they're doing this, they chose that. And it's just, you know, we can't judge because we don't know what's going on with them or their circumstances or their story. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, it, it becomes also, it's just sort of thinking about the childhood stuff, it, it, uh, it is so easy as a, as a young adult and as a, as a grown adult, to blame other people mm-hmm. for those decisions too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and a huge part of of coming around for me was you know really taking responsibility for those decisions myself. And and it's not about um, you know my parents making the wrong decision and sending me anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's about those were the choices I made, and and that's a life pattern. And and now now what am I learning from that? Mm-hmm. What am I taking away from that? That's right. Taking responsibility is huge and having freedom, actually, to realize that, you know, you then have control to take the next step and to do something better with your life. Yeah. Yeah, Is there something, um, one thing that you can say from your childhood on, you know, into now during your current life that you've carried as far as a character or something um, of your upbringing that 
has really mm-hmm. helped you to become who you are? People who know my family say that I have the best of both of my parents, um, that I have my dad's common sense and ability to be practical and ability to say it like it is, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that I have my mom's um, empathy for people and, and love for people mm-hmm. and, uh, and desire to help people learn. Mm-hmm. And that is, just, uh, that is just an absolutely wonderful combination. Mm-hmm. That is... And, Yes, it, it is wonderful, and, and uh, you know, I, my dad has passed away. He passed away in 2006, mm-hmm. and, of course, that was a very difficult time. But once that had happened, then, you really, I, then I really started to see the similarities between him and myself and, you know, and hearing things out of my mouth that are like, oh, yeah. That's um, great. Yeah, that straightforwardness is it's huge, and the you know the empathy and understanding of other people. My mom was a grade one teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that we had in in our family that really impacted me is a is a great love for hockey, which I do not share mm-hmm. <laughs> with mm-hmm. my family. Uh, but it absolutely still influences, you know, influences your perspective and. And things like, um, you know, I, I can think of my dad saying, you go, if you're going to play, you play with your whole heart or you don't play at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, great one. And that's, yeah, and that's not just about hockey. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's great. great, and I love how you're able to pull some things from, you know, how you grew up and the influences that have affected you because I think that when we learn from our story, we realize that there's probably been things along the way, even things that weren't so great, that we can learn from and that really carry nuggets of wisdom. Yes. And I know that part of what you do and what you've done in the past is you are a mediator and you deal a lot with um, helping people to handle, understand conflict and conflict resolution. Can you talk to the listeners about that part of your role and how that all came about to be one of your areas of specialty? You know, and it really does come from that combination of of characteristics that I gained from my parents. When I left child protection, I looked at uh, going straight into private practice. You know, anybody who has has a dream really needs to follow their gut and follow their instinct and not let uh, the naysayers get in, in the way. Mm-hmm. And when I started, I, I really received a lot of warnings uh, about what I should not do, which was I should not go into private practice. So there were, you know, people were giving me all kinds of reasons not to. And I just said, no, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do. And, and so when I started, I, I really, the focus was on um, a lot of work with divorce. Mm-hmm. And, and helping families overcome that. And that was through counseling and through mediation and also custody and access assessments. I am a, I'm an expert witness for Court of Queen's Bench in matters relating to the custody and access of children. Mm-hmm. So through those sort of, sort of three avenues, I was really working with, uh, with issues of divorce. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously and then, a lot of conflict because, as we know, divorce isn't usually something that is goes smoothly, if you will, and doesn't contain a lot of emotion and anger mm-hmm. and fear and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I love that process of, um, you know, and it really is talking people through their stories, mm-hmm. as you do, um, talking them through their stories, helping them to hear each other, because that's what ends up getting blocked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, with people just not be, even being able to hear what the other person is saying. And so in that, uh, in that position, there's a lot, of, a lot of rewording of what 
people are saying so that the other person can hear it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and take it in. And uh, and so I love that process of seeing people grow through that and and make their own decisions and not get caught up in that, you know, that court system that ends up making your decisions for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a yeah. great thing, I think, that the court has decided to do now, and that is to give people the option to go through mediation and resolve their issues and talk about things, especially about family matters, rather than having a judge or the court itself making decisions about things that they're not really in tune about since they don't live mm-hmm. in the family and they don't know the individuals being affected. And the fact is that when we're in conflict, the things that we're in conflict about usually represent something else. Yes, it's all based yeah. on emotion. Yes, absolutely. So, you you know, you might be fighting about uh, time with the kids, but the argument is really based in the, in the hurt that happened during the breakup. Mm-hmm. It's really not about the kids. Mm-hmm. And, and so until you resolve that stuff that came before, um, there are a lot of pointless, pointless arguments that happen, and they're really damaging to, to both children and adults. That's right, that's right. And yeah. I know that that is something that led into working with and dealing with situations of bullying. And, of course, that's a huge topic these days. Uh, people have literally lost their lives over bullying. Mm-hmm. People have committed suicide over bullying. I don't want to limit it to children because we know there's um, teenage, teenagers, young adults. It affects all yeah. people of all ages, all cultures, everywhere around the world. And I'm just really excited that you are focusing part of your business on that area. Can you share with the audience how that came about to deal specific, specifically with the topic of bullying? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was hired in, in uh, 2000. I was hired by 20 sets of parents to uh, advocate for them about a teacher that they felt was being, being abusive to their, um, to their children. Mm-hmm. And, and so while that doesn't sound maybe like a bullying issue, it sort of led into uh, an examination uh, for me of the culture of the school and, and, uh, and issues surrounding that. And I could really see that when, when there's not an expectation that adults treat children a certain way, a, a positive and respectful way, mm-hmm. it flows through the school so fast and, mm-hmm. and nobody is treating anybody else with respect. And because the expectation for it isn't there. Mm-hmm. So I, I tried to, um, after the advocating situation was done, I, I, um, I wanted to do a peer mediation program in that school. And, and I did a proposal for it, and I was really met with a ton of resistance. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I realized that the way that we are addressing bullying uh, is, is so unappealing to schools mm-hmm. that, that it's just not being addressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the way that we have been addressing it is really to pick out who is the bully, who is the victim, mm-hmm. and and try to work with those you know those sort of two roles. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So so what I did from there was I spent many years uh, writing the No Such Thing as a Bully program, mm-hmm. and and the No Such Thing as a Bully program doesn't use the words bully and victim as labels. Mm-hmm. So it only talks about bully actions and victim responses. Mm-hmm. And the intention is to really make everyone aware that we all use bully actions mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And if we're not looking at those individual actions, we're not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I just did a um, I just did a wonderful presentation in a school for kids grade one to grade nine, and um, and you know when you say to a group of kids, and this this is what happened consistently through every grade, when you say to a group of kids, okay, who in here is a bully? Mm-hmm. No one no one puts up their hand. Right. No one. But then I went on to do a little bit of a survey with them. And, and what, you, what I found, and these are statistics from the survey, when you ask, have, have you ever had a bully action used against you? Mm-hmm. 97% of kids say yes. Mm-hmm. When you ask, have you ever used a bully action against someone else? 92% of kids say yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen a bully action used? 98% of kids say yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, the exposure, when you break it down to actions, instead of looking for a bully, right? The the exposure to bully actions is is huge. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot and, of sense. Yeah, and a lot of comments written on the survey from kids saying, you know, I was bullying and I didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that's critical, especially at this juncture of all the things happening in the world with bullying, is that awareness and education are critical. Uh, I think, as you've mentioned, just the word bully. Is uh, such a holds such negative connotation that people, like many other things, don't want to talk about it. Let's not right. talk about it. If there's a bully, let's remove them. Uh, there's no way to educate people or help them to be aware and really understand what the dynamics are and the psychology is of bullying and the responses. Could you give the listeners an example of a bully um, action and then a victim response? Oh, absolutely. Um, you, a, a bully action might be, you know, you've got a, a group of three kids sort of hanging out and playing and another one comes over and, uh, wants to play with them and they say, no, you can't play with us. Mm-hmm. And so now the, the child who would be traditionally called a victim, uh, if they, if they're using a victim response, they may act out on that. They may cry. They may, uh, tell, they may, talk with other students about it and, and create, um, you know, create a situation where there's more angst and more conflict about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of using that victim response, what we would encourage parents and teachers to teach is to look at, okay, well, how are you going to make your next approach? Mm-hmm. What might have gone wrong with that approach? Mm-hmm. Um, how can you make your next approach? And if these kids never want to play with you, how are you going to cope with that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and really look at what are the you know what are the coping skills um, around that and and how do you find your your few good friends? We create such myths about friendships and mm-hmm. and how things have you know do you, do you have to have ten good friends? Do you have my opinion is you need just a couple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's all you need. That's all mm-hmm. anybody ever needs to expect to have. That makes sense. Yeah. Definitely. And how would you deal with the person who is actually doing the bully action, what, what would you say to them as far as, I mean, and granted, here's sometimes people who just simply don't want to play with someone else or don't like them for whatever reason, what right. would your response be to them? And it's the same thing. It's the same thing about learning, uh, learning skills about how to manage that situation without hurting someone else. Mm-hmm. Because we, you know, we assume that that child is just out to hurt the other child. Mm-hmm. And that may not be the case. It, right. it may be a case of, well, you know what, the, the child hasn't been given the skills to say, to learn how to say, um, 
you know what, we're just going to do this for, for five minutes and we can only do it with three people, mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. let's do something afterwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's to provide those different skills and, and different ways of speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's very valuable, and I think your key word there was assumptions, and even as adults we walk around <laughs> having uh, many assumptions about what people are thinking or saying or doing, and it really creates, uh, if you will, conflict. And yeah. that really hinders relationship building and peace, if you will. Um, yeah. I'd love for you to talk about what your thoughts are on how this all is played out via the family. Because you and I both know that these kids don't just show up at school one day and act the way they act. Whether they're in the bully role or the victim role, they come from a family that has established certain behaviors and attitudes. And although you can get to hopefully schools and work with teachers and things like that and maybe individually with families, what do you think about addressing the family unit um, at home and and how things are happening there? Yeah, I think it absolutely does have to be addressed. And with the No Such Thing as a Bully program, we have a component for schools, but we also have a component for parents to work directly with their own kids. And the intention of that is that the adults, the adults in the home have to learn those skills in order to teach them to their children. Very good. I love that because I think that's critical. As you know, and I was a young mother too, uh, and I guess any time you decide to become a mother or or do become a mother, we don't get training. Nobody gives us a, a manual. They don't have us watch a video. They don't even tell us what to do. They might show us how to change a diaper But really, no one tells us how to deal with the relationship aspect of being a parent, with the communication, Mm -hmm. the conflict. And so I love that your program is able to actually be implemented in the home on a more personal level. Yeah, yeah. It's it's important because, you know, even when parents are struggling or when they're giving their kids, um, I'm going to say, give my finger quotations again, bad, uh, bad advice, it's because that's what they have to work with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not because they, they don't want to have great ideas for their children, or it's just this is what they have to work with. Right. And so, I think, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so that's where you have to start from. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think there's a lot to be said about, I certainly don't want to beat up on parents who have bullies in the family or victims in the family or, or those behaviors, I'm sorry, not those labels, Um, but you know, when people are stressed over relationships and bills and home issues and job issues, it is hard to learn these new behaviors, learn how to communicate differently, learn how to uh, handle conflict effectively. But I think it's important because really that creates the outcome of our future, the world that we're leaving behind. Absolutely. And you know we're all just doing the best we can with with what we have. And mm-hmm. I look at my I look at my family, and I, you know, my dad's parenting. He was tough. He mm-hmm. was uh, he had high expectations, and and uh, and he had strong punishments, more so for my brothers than than for myself because mm-hmm. I cried too quickly. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, and 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 there's times where we would look back on that and say, oh, he was, he was too hard. Mm-hmm. But now mm-hmm. if you take a step a generation back and look at how, how my grandpa parented, how his dad parented, mm-hmm. and talk about tough. That, that, was, more, that was more than tough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was, there was a lot of abuse there, I, I believe. My perception is that there was. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so then you look at, 
you know, how dad grew in his parenting from that, uh, how myself and my brothers grew from, from mom and dad's parenting. It's a process. Mm-hmm. And every family is starting from a slightly different place. That's right. And I think that when you talk about process, that it's a daily thing. You know, it's never too late for any parents out there who are struggling with difficult issues with their children or at the school or whatever. It's never too late to learn something new, to find resources and help, such as your program and your book, Kelly. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the most important thing that we need to remember is that there's always some sort of hope or, or another way to look at things or deal with things. And I love that you're doing all that you're doing. And before you talk about the book, I really wanted to ask you what your thoughts are about the um, potential bullies and victims and behaviors of such uh, as adults. Because, you know, that's something that now is being talked about more even virtually. People are saying that on Facebook, there's Facebook bullies, other adults Mm -hmm. bullying adults and um, virtual bullying is happening all over the place. Um, bullying at the work in the workplace is happening. Uh, what what do you have to say about that? And how do you think that we can start to become more aware and educated about that specific area of this issue? Yeah, I you know what I, I think that it I think that it transfers. I think that we haven't um, we haven't dealt with it well for children when they're younger, mm-hmm. and and children who have used. Um, bully actions have, to some extent, been rewarded for that in, in mm-hmm. some ways. And then it moves to the workplace, and, and, and it becomes, you know, you reword it, right? I'm not a bully. I'm, a, I'm an assertive mm-hmm. uh, or, or an aggressive businessman mm-hmm. or businesswoman. Mm-hmm. And, and so, it's, so then it's not bullying, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's this sort of positive spin is put on it. But the fact is that those bully actions are the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, and it, and it absolutely does affect. And you know, organizations. Um, in my consulting work, I do a lot of work with um, with organizations and with concept management. And you know, and they turn it into they call it harassment instead of bullying generally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's the same. It's the same actions. Mm-hmm. And I would and I would again say that it is uh, it is. Most often, not every time, but most often, it's people who haven't learned different ways of being mm-hmm. that 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 have rewarded them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes, and and so then it's it's like, well, if I'm if I'm not aggressive in the workplace, then I'm going to get walked on myself, and I'm not prepared for that. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. what is the book about, as far as someone who wanted to pick it up? Whether do they need to be a parent? Do they have to be someone that's endured this? I mean, who would be the the person or people that your book could best serve? Well, the um, there there's different degrees. So, of course, the one for school, you know, has activities and lesson plans directly related for school. The no such thing as a bully component for parents um, talks about these new ideas and new theories of bullying that I that I've talked with you about, and then it goes on to give 25 lessons. Um, that are really based in in communication skills and in understanding other people, um, in understanding the contempt that is often related to bullying, mm-hmm. and and so those lessons are really directed right to parents, parents of very small children, uh, up to parents of teenagers, mm-hmm. 
And, and so the parent, you know, reads through the, the background material, reads through the lesson, and then goes through the activities with their children. Mm-hmm. Now, for someone who's just in a, in a workplace and who's experiencing conflict, I have another book called This Is Out of Control, A Practical Guide to Managing Life's Conflict. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that one um, is, is geared more towards adult reading mm-hmm. uh, and applying it to yourself. Mm-hmm. So in it, with that book, the first part is the communication skills. Then there are activities in the middle uh, to really integrate those skills into your into your lifestyle. And then there is a, a third piece that that applies them to different situations: so conflict in the workplace, conflict in the family, um, conflict and grieving, even and aging and mm-hmm. things like that that come into play. Wonderful. So you touch yeah. all to- all sorts of areas within the topic and I love that and I want the listeners to know today that if someone comments at our Your Story Matters radio show Facebook page or at our website www.yourstorymatters.net about Kelly's interview you will be entered to win a free copy of her book No Such Thing as a Bully Shred the Label Save a Child and of course anyone that comments is welcome to be in the running for the book itself. You can be a teacher, you can be with a school or an organization that could uh, learn something from the book and use it. And I'm very happy and thankful that Kelly was able to give away uh, one free copy for someone. And Kelly, can you share your website and how people would find out more information about you and all that you're doing? Absolutely. Um, I have a a couple of websites that I'm going to give you. If people are really interested in the bully uh, aspect of my work, we have bullyoutreachproject.com. Then, if people are interested in, in the other aspects of my work, uh, I would suggest going to curiousandassociates.com. And that is K-A-R-I-U-S, as in Sam, the full word and, the full word associates.com. And that is, my, uh, that is my blog and actually leads you also to, uh, to a site that is more business-oriented and one that is more family-oriented. Great. Thank you so much for your time today, Kelly, for sharing a part of your story. And thank you for all that you're doing. I know that you're affecting so many people in a positive way and helping, again, to create change and awareness about a topic that is just really heartbreaking to see um, the outcome of when it's not a positive one and one that really changes other people's attitudes and hearts towards peace. Thank you.